This is Darren Hunter here and welcome to the BDM Coach podcast show where BDM Coach experts Michael Sands and Dennis Yusuf show you how you can become effective BDMs. Now also for 40 ways to grow your rent roll, we've put together a free book, The PM Lead Secrets. All you've got to do is pay for shipping. Go to pmleadsecrets.com. That's pmleadsecrets.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. You know, in today's age, you can't just have boring photos on your property marketing listings. You've got to have a virtual walkthrough tour. That way tenants can quickly qualify themselves and look through the property even at two in the morning online. But I can hear you say, look, Darren, it's too expensive with cameras and takes too long. That's why you've got to go to virtualtourscreator.com.au and check out how you can do walkthrough virtual tours using your mobile phone. Go and check it out. Also, talk to Tom there at virtualtourscreator.com.au on how you can quickly turn your tours into really cheap floor plans as well. Take care. Hi everyone, it's Dennis here and I've got Michael and we are from Inspired Grove Training and this is the BDM Coach Podcast Show. Michael, I love this next topic that we're going to be talking about. I don't know how many phone calls and emails and text messages and um, any message on any format that I get of people saying, Dennis, I'm about to go into a property management to BDM position or I'm about to hire a BDM. And so many people don't realize the, the 10 different skills that is required to be a BDM. Definitely. This is one of the golden questions we get asked from so many business owners. You know, what do I need to look for in a BDM? What, is, what attributes does my BDM need to have? Um, how do I know that they're the right person? You know, it, it, this will be a timeless evergreen uh, podcast, I'd say. Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's interesting because when I joined real estate, I didn't understand the difference between sales and property management and leasing agents and BDMs. Not that they used the word BDM back then, but, um, you know, I just thought that everyone did whatever. You know, I, I didn't realise those different categories within a real estate office. And, um, you know, I, I went into leasing and I didn't know what the head of property management did in going out and hunting business and stuff. I just, you know, I didn't even know what my skills were when I started in real estate. So, I, I, you know. I look at my first boss in um, property management many, many, many years ago. And yeah, when you think about growth, he was bringing in growth only organically from the book, but his role was to bring in growth for the rent roll. And the rent roll was like 4,000 strong at the time. Yeah. But what I look at, like the modern bay, the modern day BDM, and I reflect back on the that growth BDM type role, early, you know, close to year two thousand, mm. different, totally yeah. different. Yeah, it's interesting because um, it's it's a similar thing. I mean, I, it's known that I work for Integrity Real Estate, and um, our head of department basically was just reacting to emails. There was no prospecting at all. It was just the sales referral or someone rang up and she would book appointments and, and go to the property. And I recall I was only two weeks in and being the leasing agent, um, two weeks in as a real estate agent, and I, I asked Carol, um, her name was, a dear friend still, and I said, Carol, what, what do you do? I do the, the leasing, maintenance and arrears. Nicole does ingoings, outgoings, routines. What's left in real estate Little did I know, like, you know, two weeks in and I'm green. Uh, I, I didn't know, you know, obviously with all the accounting and, um, you know, there's so much administration involved in property management. And she said that, you know, one of her jobs was going to people's houses and giving them advice on how to prepare the house for rent. And, you know, and then, um, then you know, she would list the property. And I said, so you compete against other agents. She said, oh, no, no, we all do the same thing. And then we let the owners choose who they're going to use. And I'm like, no, you compete against other agents. And I looked at my boss, Kate, and I said, Kate, that's what I want to do. That's what I realized it was sales. Like, that's, that's me. That's what I want to do. But I didn't want to get into sales as a sales agent. So, um, yeah, uh, I wanted to reply to those emails. And I wanted to chase that 
business owner to get them to be to list with us. I, I felt I saw the hunger. That's where I, I found my first motivation as a real estate agent. Would would you say that you have to have a strong in-depth knowledge of sales of sales skills? Um, I think you certainly do need to have a, a good, ex, like some experience in sales skills. So, I mean, that's, that's the first thing that we talk about is, you know, has the person got sales skills? So the, the, that's a question that you would ask someone if you were interviewing, right? But, it, um, but is that real life applied business sales skills? So for example, you know, you came from the fruit industry, yeah. you would, um, indirectly be selling to people, you know, because yeah. you have a product there and people coming in and you're upselling and, and so on. Yeah. But what if someone was a real um, mover and shaker from a young age, right? Like they didn't have a practical sales experience, but they had a similar experience as far as influence, uh, influential to the people that are around them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like um, we know a lot of people that were young and they just kind of carry themselves really well. But is that, mm. that is a form of a sales skill. Yeah, I agree. I think it is. I totally think that's acceptable because, you know, you should be asking whether you're sitting down with one of your property managers, right, that puts their hand up and says, I want to be a BDM. Um, you need to ask them what skills have they got in sales, right? Uh, we all know property management's negotiation and, and, and we'll get onto that as well. But I think that's acceptable if someone said, well, um, I was very good at you know, I've always been really good at educating my friends what restaurant to eat at or what bar to go to or we should go to the football. or That's all sales skills. That's natural sales skills. That's influencing for the better, should we say. So would you say that if you're a, if you're a business owner and you're looking to recruit someone, you're looking to recruit, some, recruit someone young, would you ask them, you know, what did you do to earn money when you're a teenager? Right? Yeah. So selling newspapers, candy, um, cleaning chores around the house. I mean, for, for me, if it's, if someone said to me, oh, "I used to get paid money to do the chores around the house," or someone said I had a paper route, or yep. you know they were working McDonald's, yep. I'd be thinking the you know the person that's working. If I was looking for a property manager, but if there was someone that was working for pocket money, yeah, um, per job, that is a different type of motivation for sales, right? Because that's a hustle. It is, and then they're motivated to earn money. And, and salespeople, you know, most salespeople are motivated by money, not just doing a job. So is it fair to say for the young people that are coming in into BDM, the young coming out of school, you know, not much um, sales history, asking them if they had like a lemonade stand or if they used to go pick up bottles door to door yep. to try and make money, which is a hustle. Yeah. I'm just trying to ask the question for those business owners out there because there is an issue out there of finding good quality BDMs and working out remuneration for mm. them. And, you know, or did you, did you get down the route of moulding someone, take yeah. someone under your wing? Totally. I mean, that, 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 you know, that segues into, you know, the second point is do they have previous sales history, right? So having sales skills is really important because you need to have the ability to be able to follow up, the ability to have that hustle, the ability, the, the ability to accept the no. So a lemonade stand, as example, for a kid, or, you know, they're going to get people walking past saying, no, thank you. Or they're going to knock on a door and say, have you got any plastic bottles or cans that we could take? They're going to get the no's, but they're going to go back and they're going to be um, asking again. You know, they can accept that because they're driven by that hustle by that sales skill. So I think um, it, it is important that they have any form of sales skill. I was not trained by a sales agent, as you said. Fruit and veggies was my background. Okay, I did door sales prior to fruit and veggies, you know, uh, and you did as well, Michael. I don't know how many, I, I, I tell you what, I nailed when they said no, the things that I would say, it's all right, I'll go next door and give your neighbors a thousand dollars if they slammed the door in your face and then they'd open up, it's okay, it's okay. You know, you weren't interested in listening or I had to say, you know, uh, it's accepting the nose, <laughs> you know. So um, certainly do, the, you know. Um, so sales skills and do they have previous sales? I think they do segue in really well, you know. Oh, we can't hear you, Michael. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> 
when I was when you press mute, that's what happens. I was saying 100% like when I when I was younger that I had to I had to hustle. Um, you know, I was selling candy to kids at school. I was selling newspaper to business people at the train station. Uh, I was cleaning my parents' restaurants. Um, and then, you know, when I was 18, I moved overseas to the UK and went into, you know, pulling pulling beers in, in pubs and that. But it was all it was all sales. And then I came back and went into real estate yep. and started at the very, very bottom. And when I was looking at the people that were above me, it wasn't a shining light of people doing real estate that well. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, you know, having sales skills, um, I, I think, is something that is embedded from, from family, yeah. from, from environment. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it, it's an interesting thing. I was always listening to my dad talking to people and smiling and how personally got with them and then he'd be making these sales and these people would be handing over money to buy, you know, extra fruit and stuff. And um, and I'd, I'd smile and I'd be looking, not realising I'm taking in, you know, the, the impact that it had on people. You know, for example, if a kid was crying in a fruit market, dad would walk up to them and give them a strawberry, give them a grape, give them cherries, whatever, to, to quieten the kids down so that mum and dad would spend more time in the shop and spend more money. <laughs> do, you, do you think, and this goes on to the next point, um, that you were, you were quite successful because you knew fruits inside and out? Oh, product knowledge, down to a T. I still walk into a fruit market and I can tell if it's from overseas or not. And if you go into a car yard and you go mm-hmm. to look at a car, when you meet someone selling a car and they don't know much about the car that you're asking them about, it's not their specialty, you lose confidence yeah. in their ability and you become a window shopper like that. When you were motivated yeah. by you we could become a window shopper. Yeah. Um, the same in, in real estate. Do you think that, uh, rhetorical question, but do you think that, one of the reasons why people are so successful in a growth role in property management is because they know the product inside and out. <clears throat> I, I think it certainly is very important that they need to know and have knowledge of um, their product. You know, they certainly need to. And, you know, from a personal point of view, <clears throat> if I was thrown into a BDM position, prior to working in real estate, I think I would have struggled a little bit being a leasing agent and having maintenance and, and doing, you know, applications and working on those areas and seeing, you know, how properties are marketed, it certainly did help my skills for sales, having that product knowledge, you know, um, that was, you know, you, you, I think it's really important. A property manager can be a good BDM, you know, because they, they do understand the, the, the knowledge of the, um, the, the product that they're selling, the service, but they still need to have those sales skills. They still need to have, you know, all those other things. They can make one. I'm not saying they all do, uh, but they certainly can become a good BDM. So going back to cars, right, as an example, yeah. someone who is selling cars, they do not need to know how to make a car. They, don't have to, they do not have to have had experience in putting the car together. Yep. But research, knowledge, driving the car, um, driving multiple different cars, as a comparison point, yeah, I guess the same as in property management in, in general. I don't think you need to have been a property manager, but you do need to understand the full yep. mechanics behind it, how to do leases. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're a self-confessed person that says that you were never good at property management, but you're yeah. good at um, at the BDM, the growth. Yeah, yeah. So I was accepting the strengths. Do you think that business owners? Um, are sometimes not accepting a role of a BDM because they don't have the experience in property management? Yeah, that, that's a good, I do. I, I think that's a really good point. And sometimes people, um, business owners, when they're looking to fill a space, you know, a property manager could be on the way out or they, they don't want to work as hard anymore. So they give them the BDM role. Which is which is potentially one of the worst things they could do, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it's it's not a good thing. I've gone into multiple offices where I've been paid a lot of money for me to say to the boss, "You've got the wrong person in as a BDM." You know, so we, it, we see that a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, we were in an office um, not that long ago, and um, 
you know, we did put the right person into the office and they're, they're doing extremely well now. You know, we had to get rid of the, we'll give advice, so we recommendations on uh, who the best person was. Um, you know, it does happen a lot. So, you know, and it's interesting what I'm taking from what you've said there in your question, Michael, is, you know, the, uh, a sales, uh, a principal may not understand the BDM position correctly and then they put the wrong person into the BDM role. That, that could be a fault as well. I love, like, the car yard thing is a great example because a good salesperson should drive, even if you're working for the, let's say it's Toyota, you should drive the different Toyota so you get a different idea of the different feel, the different size, the different gear change, whatever it is, that's learning your product. That's what a good salesperson would do. And in property management, a, good, a BDM, whether they've got experience in real estate or not, you know, I didn't. I went on in-going condition reports with property managers. I went to outgoings. I, I listened to them on the phone. I asked questions. Why do they market the property this way? How are routine inspections done? I, and I went on those things. So I learned and understood. And I felt the pain because I'd be listening to them. Oh, no, the tenant's done this. They haven't done this. And, and that's the experience that I then would take to a presentation, you know. So that product knowledge is really important. So if I was employing a BDM with no experience in real estate, I'd say 10 days, one day, you follow that property manager. You've got to do 10 routine inspections with that property manager. You're going to do five ingoing reports. You're going to do five outgoing reports. You know, sit with admin for the day. You know, I'd be really getting them to understand the whys. And that's something that I often say to anyone looking at employing someone. You know, even if it's a different company you go to, right? Definitely. I, I think every salesperson um, in the company needs to know the product, but they don't need to have had the full experience previously before starting, but they do need to be um, self-motivated. Self they need to be self-starter. Mm. Um, they need to be driven. They need to have a thirst for knowledge. If you've got a BDM in place that isn't professionally upskilling every single week, if you've got someone that is not out there trying to become better, someone who's not learning what other people are doing in the market, don't give me this, this story about I've got the bucket blinkers, I'm only focusing on ourselves. You know, if your only comparison point is yourself, mm. you know, you're not educated in, in the market, know what everybody is doing. Um, but I, I guess if they learn the product knowledge mm-hmm. and they want to learn the product knowledge, yep. and it comes back to the sales, you know, that product of, of your environment, how motivated are they? Yeah, you have to be self-motivated, that, which is another great you know, um, tip that you're talking about because if, if you're doing a job interview and you don't feel like they're motivated for the job or they're not asking you questions like what training and support am I going to have, it's important to have it. They, these, you know, I'd be questioning, is this person the right one? I'd be, uh, I, I'd be asking for... Um, and that comes back to the sales skills and, and all of that that segues through. Do they have the motivation to accept the no's and continue to chase? They've got to be self-motivated. So what happens, right, when you have a BDM, someone in growth, and mm-hmm. the interview is great, and they start working with you, and they've got that excitement, that honeymoon period, but then you realise that they don't really have that motivation. Like They're not doing everything they said they would be doing, Um and then you ask them the question, is everything okay? What can we do to help? What further assistance do you need? And they come back and say, um, it's the team. I just, I, you know, the, the, the repeat, the leads that you've got, no one wants to sign up. The, the team aren't helping me at all. Um, you know, there's just, it's just not working because your clients are rubbish. I, you'd probably hear this six out of 10 times. Mm. Mm. yeah that like obviously you'd need to you know go back and do a check on yourself right because this person could be right they may be unmotivated and and putting blame out there but you certainly need to do a a background check on your own team and to make sure that things are in place right what about those the blame management Mm. right so what if you've got a boss that pulls out all stops like you know yes you want training here's training you, you want this, you want a new phone to do the job, here you go. Um, you know, you want a, a clean office space or you know, your own desk, your own office there, 
here you go. What if you've got someone like in a company that, that paves the way for you to have everything you need to do the job, but still, no, the leads are, the leads are terrible. The property managers, you know, aren't doing you know their job. The yeah, you know, and they say they're self motivated. Is that a question of maybe the company is not a motivating environment, or do you think it was just BS when the person came on board and they're not a real self starter? They're not self motivated. They for them to be motivated, they need all the moons to line up. Yep. Yep. Well, they're not of they're they're not self motivated themselves because if they were self motivated, they'd be going to the boss saying, "Let's fix this. This is what we need to put in place. These are the areas that we need to work on. Um, how can we improve this?" Because especially if you've got a boss that's saying, "What do you need? What do you want?" What, you know, they're prepared to move mountains for you. So if that person's still got these excuses, then they're not being motivated to um, help fix and put um, things in place to improve. It is quite funny though. Like we know so many BDMs out there that are smashing it. They are just killing it. And the biggest handbrake they have is the company they work for, mm. right? Where they're not providing um, heaps of training, where they're not providing them um, mm. with, with a good work environment. But the BDM is out there doing what they're meant to be doing, yeah. selling. I remember like, I had this, um, uh, someone I worked with a long time ago and they would always say, like, salespeople have to sell. Like, even if you're in a slump, you're not sitting at your desk. You should be on the phone because momentum. Momentum. You're the, yeah, your job is to be creating those warmer and better leads as well, right? So that's that motivation that you've got to be having. And, and Michael, it, it segues into the next point of customer service and urgency, you know, because if they're not motivated, they're not creating that urgency. They're not creating that, um, you know, good customer service. They should be, the, the, the BDM itself should have good customer service and they should have an urgency to want to get things over the line, to want to get to more appointments, to want to create more business, to want to uh, create warmer leads, you know, to want to have success for the office. And it, it mixes in really well with that motivation. I guess that customer service side of thing comes down to like almost that concierge type. You want to be the everything for anyone looking interested in real estate. And it's like we get people to get on the phone, do no reason calls. Hey, Dennis, Michael, IGT Realty. No reason for the call. Is there anything I can help you with? Anything I can be doing differently for you? Is there, do you have any family or friends that need help that I can mm -hmm. help them with? Um, just the, that it's that customer service because if they like you, they get to know you. Well, they know you, then they like you. Yep. They're going to trust you. Yep. And it's not so much a hard sell. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. Dennis is my guy. Like, he knows what he's talking about. I trust him. He could tell me to buy another property or change the tenant or whatever. I'll listen to him. Mm. Yeah, very good point. And to add to that, Michael, the customer experience, you know, the, the BDM is one of the first points of contact for someone dealing within your office. You know, once the sales process has gone through, okay, sure, you're dealing with another sales person, but you may be a person ringing the office. You've already got a management with somebody else. You're not happy. So your first contact is that BDM. And that's about that client experience. So if your BDM has got good customer service skills, has an urgency to want to help the person, they're going to be a good BDM. You know, a, a property manager being a BDM as well might be, mm, you know, I could chase this business. I'll be able to answer their questions, but I've got five hot water systems, three ingoings and a lease um, to prepare. So they're not going to have that same urgency. But the segue, which we won't go down the rabbit hole at this mm -hmm. point when we're talking about customer service and urgency, is the BDM can't be that person to the, to the property owner for absolutely everything because once they rent out the property or sign them on, mm -hmm. that's when the property management team have to get involved and extend the same level of customer service. So you can't bring someone in on a high and then pass them off to someone that just doesn't call their owners, doesn't contact them, there's no urgency because it is just that, um, talk about buyer's remorse. Yeah. Yep. You know, you sign up yep. for the euphoria, the person who's visible, and then all of a sudden you hand it off to the person at the back who you never hear from, doesn't tell you about their routine inspections, complains when there's high turnover for property management staff because of no motivation. That's mm. a 
podcast for another day. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but just <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've got the right PDM, you've got to also give them the right team members to be on a similar level to offer the customer service, right? So that's another rabbit hole. Yeah, it is. It's really important. And when we're doing in-office training, um, you know, a lot of the principals just say, oh, it'll be myself and the BDM. And we're like, no, 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 get the whole team in here for a day's training or half day's training so that they can catch the, the vision of where we want to take the business for growth. They need to be on boarded with this as well. And, and we often train on customer service, you know, um, as well. A lot of the tips that we give is, is customer service orientated. I mean, a BDM is basically, you know, yes, they're the sales agent for property management, but um, they've got to have really good customer service skills, you know. Um, and moving to the next, you know, tip, you know, time management and organisational skills. Most salespeople are crap at time management. Let's be honest. However, they can have really good organisational skills and that's being prepared for presentations, having your, your listing kits, like being able to manage appointments, you know, because that's what a BDM should be doing, right, Michael? They should be on the phone, booking appointments, being on time as well, you know. Well, well yeah, respecting other people's time. Um, mm. The I, I think with systems these days, you know, you, you book in a, an appraisal, you, you book in a call, there's no reason why someone can't have that, AI assistant, you know, yep. check your diary, check your calendar. Someone makes an inquiry, something, you know, a PDF document goes out to the person right away, phone call comes, you know, having that structured workflow. So you may not be the most organised person in the world, but you can make it look like you are the most organised person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I I used to, um, a tip for anyone out there, out there is my appointments are all, like us, like now all of our appointments are in our calendar you know, and if um, I was, I used to have the phone number and I'd have the property I was going to in my diary. So if I was, you know, running late because I, I got the listing or when I was at the appointment, I would call the office and say, hey, can you give my next um, client a call? Let them know that I'm just running 10 minutes late. I'll be there. And it also gave that perception that we're a big company as well. So rather than me, you know, um, making these calls and sounding rushed, it was a more professional customer service orientated um, approach that I took, um, you know, and it looked like that we were an organised, um, you know, company as well. I think in general, just owners don't like surprises. So mm -hmm. if you can set them up for, you know, consistency and um, manage their expectations along the way, I mean, all these topics that we've touched on, Managing the owner's expectations, you're, you're halfway there. If you turn around and it's a huge surprise and, you know, you're not the person that you said you were, then that's where the issues start to um, start to occur. Yeah. Um, I think that bringing it back to product knowledge, bringing it back to the ability to have conversations also mm -hmm. brings us into the next point, which is around that attention to detail. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to walk into a property and, and know, you know what it's going to rent for, know the questions to ask, know that when you send out a document that it's correct, know that um, everything that you say you promise on, you deliver. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that, you know, attention to detail from a salesperson is very important, especially on that product knowledge that you're talking about. But it's also having that attention to detail in listening to the client. You know, um, one of the, you know, reasons why you don't win the business is because you haven't sold your services. And, you know, there's some other trainers that are out there and they have an approach, a scattergun approach of going to the property and sell them everything. You know, whereas a lot of our training is based on winning the business prior to the appointment. And it's asking those questions and listening to those points that you then learn to focus on to win the business. So, and that's just, you know, an example is, you know, um, hi, Michael, you know, really appreciate it. we've got our time book for, you know, three o'clock tomorrow afternoon um, at your property. Um, you know, obviously I'll just get a, you know, I appreciate that you've given me some information about the property so I can put together a comparable market analysis. You know, um, if you don't mind me asking, what concerns have you got about renting your home? 
you're you're about to then I'm now listening and you're about to tell me how I'm going to win the listing. You might say, Dennis, I'm worried the property's going to sit vacant or the tenants are going to trash the property or, you know, or, you know, it was my family home for 30 years and I, I just inherited it. Whatever it is, you're giving me those areas for me to be able to um, focus on to win the business. I'll know, I've got those key points and that's listening to my client. A lot of our marketing that we do for Inspired Growth Training and Teens by Design and, you know, is focusing on pain points that real estate officers have. We understand the pain of a property manager. So we know what good marketing to sit in front of them. Going to a listing presentation, a BDM needs to have an amazing attention to detail to listen to things. I don't know how many times I was at a, a property and you feel like you're selling, selling, and you haven't won them over. And I'd call it that crack point, but once they started to relax and laugh and this, that, and the other with you, you then had the confidence. You went, okay, you know what? I think these guys are going to list with me. That was hard to do, you know, um, trying to crack them. And, uh, and it was always, you know, you're trying to build rapport with people when you're at a property to try and get them relaxed, get them on side, you know, and that's when you listen to those cue points of what you're saying. But I'm all about, well, we are, gaining that trust before we get to the door yeah and i think are you touching on you know rapport you're not going to sign a listing just because you're both over the bombs mm. right you know if you go in there and say oh i like afl you like golf i like golf you like f1 i like f1 you like travel i like travel <laughs> yeah that's disarming someone mm. but you could be incompetent yeah right but if you have a common ground, that's fine. That relaxes them. But letting them know, giving them reassurance, this is how we manage your property. This is how you're going to get your return. This is how I can help you. This, this, this. It's not we go with the same footy team. So don't think you're going into a presentation and you start making, oh, oh, they love, they love cooking too. Oh, they love, you know, riding their bike too. I like riding my bike. That's one thing. But it's that's where, like, you know, like Dennis is saying, um, you're listening. Oh, you have kids. What school do they go to? Oh, you, you like food. Oh, you like travel. Because then throughout the year when you're doing your plus ones, here's a cake. I know you like it from this bakery. Hey, I hear your kid graduated from school. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Right? Good. good attention to detail on that, right? Yeah. It's, it's listening and it's observing. It's, but then, you know, so that's one thing. But you got to show people how you do things better. It's like how I would go and do... um. Uh, a drone flight to people's homes before I even got to the listing presentation. So I would show them how I'm marketing their property. I would disarm them with conversation and what I like, what they like. And I say, so this is how I do things differently. And this is how I'm going to engage with your tenants. And this is how I'm going to do this. Um, and they can see that everything, everything lines up. Mm. But remembering those small key, those small key details. It's like we tell people, get people's date of birth. It's like when you sign your owners up, Get their date of birth. Get their driver's license. Find out when they bought their property. Give them an anniversary card. Hey, you've had your property for 17 years. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? To add to that, like this is prior to it. So sometimes you're getting people that are um, uh, calling you well ahead of time. You know, oh, my, my wife's about to have a baby. You know, so ask, oh, when should you? Write that down. Put it in your contact management system. Put it in your follow-up notes. You know, because they're making these calls now. And you, you, you could say, hey, you know, just give me a call. I know your wife's about to have the baby. That, that's listening and, and having that attention to detail as well as the follow-up. Now, when, I, when people are trying to sell me and, like, when property managers try to sell me, um, I, I, I assess the position they're coming from. I listen to what they're saying. And whilst they think they're also building rapport with me, I'm thinking, what price can I get? You know, what, what is this going to cost me? Mm. You know, is what they're saying justifying the price that they're about to present, present to me? Okay, so you're bringing, you're, you're bringing this to another point now. This is negotiation skills, right? So you're, you're from a client point of view, you're listening to a property manager. Because, you know, like when we go and do salesmen, when people are pitching us to try and get us to buy things from them yep. and, you know, it looks like I'm in another world, but I'm listening to everything they're saying. I'm listening to the tonality. I'm listening to, is this just a sales pitch or do they know what they're talking about? And there's a difference. If someone knows what they're talking about and I trust that, I'm prepared to pay. Mm. If they're giving me a verbatim 
sales pitch that they give the same person over and over. I can hear that. And then I think, great, I'm going to get the price that I want to pay because I know how to do this. I know that. Um, and then there's that part of that negotiation skills as a BDM. Whilst, you know, you might be full fees, which we encourage everyone to do full fees, it's not the cost of your fees. So when you're giving your presentation, it's not saying that we are X percent mm. and this is all it's going to cost you. That's not it. Me as a property owner, as a business owner, I want to know that I'm going to pay. I don't want to have to do anything, mm. right? So how valuable is that to me? Yeah. And you know this. Like we, 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 we're with one of our rental properties, right? That straight away, this company negotiated against themselves. They discounted 25% of the fee. I didn't even ask for it. Then they negotiated all their other fees down, and I didn't even ask for it. I and remember you rang me. You were shocked. I was totally shocked. Didn't even ask for the because I was prepared to pay what they were, what they, what their fees were, so I didn't have to deal with it. Now, in hindsight, I've had to deal with a lot. Yes, you have. So they negotiated down, and I've had to do a lot more than I have, have had wanted to do with that property. So their negotiation skills sucked. So they're basically on that, and this comes back to some of Darren's, um, you know, scripts and dialogues here, and he covers that in his book, his scripts and dialogues book, that, um, you know, you, as much as they, re they, they reduce the fee, you're getting the level of service in accordance to the fee that they charged you, Michael. Yeah, they were selling their fee, not what they can do to help me. Yeah, but they right. gave you the fee based on their level of service. T totally. And, and you know mm -hmm. what? Knowing what I know now and the fee that they charge, I'm paying too much. <laughs> right? And that, that, that's harsh. That is harsh, but we're not mentioning any agencies. Um, and we all, a lot of people listening to this own, own properties themselves and, and they understand the pain. And maybe because we know how to do it ourselves, we're our worst enemies. Um, mm -hmm. Even the tenant begs me to manage the property on my own. I'm like, no, 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 these are professionals. So it really is important to have those negotiation skills, right? Um, you know, you're, you've shown a, a good example or a bad example of somebody who didn't have negotiation skills and they just went straight in and reduced their fees to their level of service, which is sadly has proven it. Whereas a, a good BDM is going to have good negotiation skills or they're going to be very good at educating people prior to it getting to that agreement so they don't have to negotiate on the level of fees. See, when I go into negotiation, I'm prepared to walk away mm. most of the time. I'm, I'm prepared to walk away if I don't. You know, if it's not profitable to the business, why would you bring it on? Unless there is a loss leader approach that you know by bringing something on, you will be getting substantially more money on that same product. I'm not talking about bringing on a rental property so that you can sell it one day. Mm, because mm. it's going to cost you over that time when you do go to sell it, you may not even break even on it. But the just trying to reiterate where I was going with it, didn't I? I'm happy to sit here and wait. Yeah, I know. No, I was. Um... So you're you're human. I know I'm human. <laughs> you know, look, look. look. Negotiation skills from a BDM is really important. You, you're talking about you're willing to walk away from a deal, right? You're willing to, to step back and, and walk away. And I think that um, most people need to be able to do that. And if anyone wants to learn about negotiation, the PM fee scripts book that Darren's written is, is going to help you upskill your um, information on that as well, you know, your, your ability to negotiate. On the, you go, sorry. On that walking away, I think property managers, BDMs fail because they want to win at all costs and they will reduce their fees to win at all costs. And then that has that negative um, impact on the business overall because you're bringing on non-profitable um, non business. Yeah. I think also um, the BDM needs to have an understanding of what those costs really Entail. You, didn't, you don't need to tell them your profit structure and everything, but understanding that of that percentage, we have to pay for staff, we've got to pay for electricity, we've got to pay for all the overhead costs, the rent, the desk costs and everything there. 
So giving people, giving BDMs a, a further purpose, yes, your job is to go out and list the property and we want you to list X amount of properties per month. But if they know the reason why they're doing it, you know, they're covering their salary. They're not just covering their own salary and business development. They cover, they're helping to grow and cover the company, company's growth. Mm. So if they go in there knowing I can't reduce my fees because we do all this, we have training, we have education, we have software that we use that makes life easier for you. These are the things we bring to the table. Yes, you can go out and find someone cheaper, but they don't do this. They have burnout, they, you know, turn over there. Know your product, educate your clients, know the reason why your fees are at the level because, yes, you're not doing it for free. The lower you, you drop it, the less profit you've got, there's less opportunity to, to prefer the growth. Mm. But if you know all this, it makes it easier to walk away from bad deals. And then it's not so much when you walk away to be upset about it. It's knowing that when I walked away from this, we haven't lost. If I bought it on, the company would lose. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's got to be at a certain level so that the company can grow and prosper it so we can keep delivering this service. Yeah. But we see the defeat attitude in people. Mm. which is something that can be trained to kind of get through because they want to win at all costs. Their professional attitude. Yeah, it, it's really good. You you know, I, I like your wording there, um, Michael, on if we did get the listing, the company would lose. And that's having that professional attitude um, that really does help that. You, you, you as a BDM or a property manager that's doing... Um, you know, listings, you've got to have that professional approach in knowing if this is a good um, property or business to take on. And it could be the owner. It might not be the property. It could be the owner as well that you've got to be looking at. Um, and, and your presentation skills, how you look, how you dress, where you park, um, is your car clean, is your listing kit in order, all of these things, having that professional look, makes the biggest difference if you're wearing a tie is the tie done correctly is the top button done done up you know um you know some businesses that they wear jeans and a a polo shirt you know is it ironed is it clean are you looking professional as well as acting in a professional manner all of these things are are key to um, a good bdm even at the property are you presenting your business in a professional manner it's not just about the look yeah, it's smart casual. I mean, I had a, I had a, my first car in real estate was a red Mitsubishi Magna. I think it was a 1991 or a 1989, I think it was, red Mitsubishi Magna. And everyone else had flashy cars around me, but I used to park my car around the corner and then walk in. And I had really bright suits, like bright yellow, t- yellow shirts, colorful ties. Because at that point in my career, when I walked into a room, I wanted people to remember who I was yep. and when I was doing listing presentations, I didn't want to look like the blue suit account that everyone was kind of wearing. Mm. I wore something bright and, and I looked good. Yep. Kat would disagree with that. And um, she thinks all of my clothing prior to her was just atrocious, <laughs> but I felt confident and I knew my product mm. and, you know, that, that made the process, um, great but over time i did start to and now now i wear colorful socks yeah i know that i know they're there it's interesting because you you've got to um people do look at what you're wearing as well like um you know and what you're driving you know i used to own a um a commodore wagon standard commodore wagon not a v8 nothing flashy but i had really shiny wheels and i remember i parked out the front and um you know, the guy who answered the door, he, he went, ah, oh, like, you know, he, he was commenting on my wheels. So I was on the back foot, you know. It wasn't a branded vehicle. It was my own personal car that I used. But And I felt judged straight away. So then, like you said earlier, I then started to park around the corner or just park next door or whatever. So, that, you know, I'd, I'd walk, you know, up and, and knock on the door. I'd always offer to take my shoes off or I'd have them in my hand ready to go, you know. keep your shoes on keep your shoes on no no well look you know if i can't um respect your home i've got to take the shoes off i've got them in my hand because i'll take them out back and have a look you know we expect the same from our tenants when they're viewing your home Mm. (laughs) you know so and then you know i'll i I would then use that did the other agent offer to do that you know i'd use that as well yeah yes yeah 
I mean, there are different ways everyone can show confidence in, in what they're doing, clothing, cars, but don't don't go out and, and get fancy cars just to, you know, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. Do it if you can afford it. Like you don't need it. I'm not a I'm not a huge flashy car person. Um, and you know, you can be confident, right? I really love um, Toy Story One. I love that, and I always remember this when I go to do something and I go to do something with enthusiasm because I believe that I can do it. I'm confident that I can do it. Even when people think, no, you can't do that. You know, it's that confidence. You know, there have been times when you probably thought, he's not going to do that. He's not going to, oh my God, I can't believe he did it. (laughs) I think back to Toy Story where Buzz and Woody are having an argument about um, Woody saying Buzz can't fly. And Buzz saying, I can fly. I'm a star commander. You know, I can do it. And Woody's like, do it, do it. And he does it. And he, he jumps and he hits the ball and he bounces and he goes on, on the roller coaster, hits the fan and lands, you know, perfect landing. And he goes, you know, but yeah, there you go. And Woody goes, that wasn't flying. That was falling with style. <laughs> right? But he carried himself and he was confident and he delivered and he knew his value. Mm. He knew that he had all this self-belief that he could do it and he delivered it. Yeah, he had the confidence. He knew his product knowledge. <laughs> he knew it. And even if, like, you know, it was a you know a fake thing, he thought Star Command was real. He knew his product. He was a good car salesman. He knew, you know, he knew he had the backing there. And that's what we encourage everyone out there, those BDMs, those bosses that are listening to this when they're recruiting, how are they carrying themselves? They don't need to be rich themselves, but they need to have that drive and motivation. I look at people... Um, I used to think people had nice, flashy cars when I started. Wow, they must be doing well. And then I realised, hang on, they're spending as much money on that car every month that they could be paying a mortgage. Mm. So I went down the mortgage route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so know your own value, know your own worth, know why you're doing this, know your own targets, know that if you're doing growth, sales, BDM, how much money do you need to make to be comfortable to achieve the goals and the targets that you need to bring in? What is that monetary amount? Are you doing this just for a paycheck to be comfortable? Because if you're doing if you're doing BDM just as a job to be comfortable with no sales motivation, are you right for that job? And as a business owner, you want growth. You want to see your team member, your BDM flourish. If you have someone that is just motivated by a monthly paycheck, are they the right person to be motivated enough to do that role with you? Yeah. Right. So, so there are two, now for the people that are listening to this today, have I got the right person? What's their motivation? Are we going to grow together and make money? And I think as a business owner, and it's another conversation, another podcast, pay what you pay the worth to get the growth. Yeah, spot on. I love, I love the, that enthusiasm that you're talking about, that confidence and enthusiasm that people have got to have. You know, it, it really and rounds everything out you know we're often talking about you know um like a car salesman if they've done all of the the driving of all the vehicles and you know they're going to have confidence and enthusiasm in knowing that this is the right car for you and we need to have the same a good bdm needs to have the same confidence and enthusiasm in selling their services to the owner if they don't have that, where they, you know, you're talking about bringing up those excuses, it's management, it's this, it's that, then, you know, um, it really, um, you know, have they got the right skills to be the BDM, you know? So, you know, rounding it out, you know, from taking down some notes from what we're talking about, you know, understanding the sales skills required. So these are 10 things that you need to be looking at if you're employing a BDM, if you're looking to employ someone or or bring someone through the ranks within your office, however it is, or if it's you thinking about being a BDM, ask yourself these things. You know, do you have an understanding of the sales skills? You know, have you got sales background or a track record? You know, have PM knowledge, have property management knowledge. You know, are you self-motivated or are they self-motivated? You know, customer service and sense of urgency is certainly really important. Time and organisational skills, time management. I mean, Darren Hunter is the time management king. He's got some amazing training on that. You know, do you have, um, you know, uh, attention to detail, negotiation skills, you know, professional attitude and presentation and confidence and enthusiasm? Those 10 things make a very 
very good and successful BDM. Well, I've had fun doing this one today. It's a good one. And again, um, we're not out here to say that a, a property manager wouldn't make a good BDM. I've certainly trained some very good property managers in being very successful BDMs. You know, so, um, you know, it's certainly very, um, you know, popular to do. Now, the thing is, right, once you've, you, you've found yourself a BDM, uh, uh, you know, that's, or if you feel like you're, you're good to be a, a BDM, two books that you need to be looking to get. The first one is, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you need to get the book and, and I'm going to, I think I've got one sitting next to me for those people that are watching, you can have a look at it. You'll be able to see it. The PM lead secret book. Oh, it's, I've got the blur thing on PM lead secret book, you know, so you can understand and learn, um, you know, about that prospecting so you can generate those warm leads. And then once you've got those, those um, skills out there and you understand what you need to do, go and get the PM fee secrets, PM fee script secrets as well so you can understand how to negotiate you know that's darren's um book on you know scripts and dialogues as well you know there's so much training out there we've got plenty of podcasts that people could look at and listen to as well michael i've loved it i, I really enjoyed this um you know talking about different skills of a, a, a bdm it's certainly not the same as a property manager it's two different mindsets Different mindsets, but um, yeah. So hopefully, this will be some evergreen content for um, business owners looking to recruit BDMs and also BDMs wanting to know a bit more about what it takes to be a BDM. Um, and yeah, and we're here to kind of give some guidance and training. And uh, you know, we've got the IGT members portal, which is just rich with information. And you know, if you are looking at growth, definitely, definitely um, jump on that. And uh, you know, it's a tax deduction, so. Let's speak to your accountant. Your accountant. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. It was great having you on board. And again, reach out to us if you've got any further questions. You can contact us through our um, website or us directly, um, inspiredgrowthtraining.com. You'll see us um, through there. Um, and if anyone wants to um, mix with some of our um, other BDMs and, and real estate agents that we're training around the world, please go to our um, Facebook page, Inspired Growth Training. Um, on Facebook and click on the community button or group um, IGT Inner Circle, simply answer the questions and you will learn from other real estate agents around the globe that are doing really well and you'll get a bit of an idea if you feel that that's um, a good position for you to be in. Great. Thanks, everyone. Um, Bye-bye.